Hello, and welcome to The Mastering Show. My name is Ian Shepard. I'm a mastering engineer, and I run the production advice website aimed at helping you get the best at recording, mixing, and mastering your music. And with me, as always, is my co-host, John Tidy. John, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great today. Hello, everyone. Excellent. So this week's topic is when normalization goes wrong. And by normalization, of course, we need loudness normalization that is happening on all of the online streaming services, YouTube, Spotify, Tidal, Pandora, Apple Music. I think you'd have to have been living under a rock to have not noticed that that's going on. We certainly talk about it enough. Well, we do. And we were just talking before we started about maybe we talk about it too much, but it's kind of people keep asking questions about it and there's still a lot of confusion out there. I mean, anybody who has listened to the show or seen anything I've read knows that well, we both are basically in favor of the idea, right? Because, uh, you know, it's it's done to give people a better user experience so they don't get blasted by loud songs. But it also means that we can do what's best for the music within sort of certain range of possible values in terms of loudness and know that we don't have to worry about something else sounding way better just because it's somewhat louder than what we've done. So that's all good, but... It's not perfect. Have you run into problems with this, John? Can you give some ex- examples from your um, experience where th- things haven't worked the way that you've expected or, uh, you know, that it's just kind of been frustrating for you? Actually, the other day I was listening to uh, a music video on YouTube and it's something that was older. And I found that that one was extremely loud compared to everything else. And I checked and there was no normalization being applied to that one. So I think there's still some old videos they haven't been normalized, slipped through the cracks, something went wrong or something like that. So, Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, you're absolutely right. I forget which year it was that YouTube introduced normalization now, certainly two or three years ago, but it, they've kind of gone in fits and starts. They, they, it was kind of switched on and it, everybody noticed it and, and it, it was kind of working for a while. And then there was a period of maybe a month or two where nothing got normalized for a bit and then it came back on and everything did and it seems that the kind of they must have little kind of robots or something employed to go back through the catalog and try and pick up the stragglers but you do still find the occasional video where there just isn't it's it's just not enabled um and that's not under our control that's something to do with the, the system that youtube uses so that's a, that's a good point but going forward that's it's not really going to be an issue it's not current uploads being not normalized so no, and the other thing is they've got a lot faster. Back in the day, it could take maybe a week for things to be normalized, whereas now, whenever I've tested it, it's happened, I think, pretty much instantaneously. Yeah, I think I think it's part of the, the default processing now when you upload. And it's not going away, um, I'm yeah. afraid, for anybody who doesn't like this. And <laughs> after we've explained all the problems in this episode, you may like it even less. But yeah, it's, it's you know, it's going to... It's only, well, it's only going to get better. That's the good news. It's going to work more and more the way that we would hope. Um, and it's just a question of how long, I guess, it takes these guys to to get it sorted. I think this normalization stuff has has been working pretty well, um, certainly better than it was a few years ago when there was none. Um, I'm finding that just watching YouTube videos, everything's more or less at the same volume now, uh, if not some stuff being quiet because, and I, you can check the upload volume level, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it just that, you know, that channel's standard, um, is quieter. It's basically working for you. Yeah. I mean, that's good. And I would say that it's working pretty well for me 
as well, just as a user and also in terms of, you know, the work that I'm doing. I mean, the reason for this show is that that's not universally true. I get some people who are really frustrated, even though they understand the concept of normalization and they probably actually kind of agree that it's a good idea. It's just not working in the way that they expect for them. And there's one in particular that relates to Spotify that we're going to come on to in a minute. Um, in fact, maybe if we just kind of summarize the the kind of the ways that normalization can go wrong or not work in the way that you expect or just otherwise be frustrating for you um, mm-hmm. is to do with when you have local files on your computer in Spotify, when files that have been uploaded at the wrong level, that applies particularly to YouTube, problems with different algorithms on the different streaming services, different methods that they use for determining how loud something is. Uh, so you get different decisions depending on where your music is. Uh, and then just different differences in the the way that they apply their rules to what gets played back. So even if they use the same way to measure the loudness, doesn't mean that they'll necessarily do the same thing with it, um, just because they said that two files were the same level. So I just want to kind of very quickly mention kind of really simple ways that this stuff can go wrong. I think um, they're simple enough. They don't really need much discussion. But I mean, and it, it kind of sounds silly to say it, but the first one is just normalization could be switched off. Yeah. That doesn't apply to YouTube, um, but I think all the other platforms, there is a way to disable normalization. And one of the key things, you know, quite often when people come to me and say, well, I've, you know, I've been following your guidelines and it's not working the way I'd expect. And it turns out that at some point they just switched the thing off in the preferences somewhere. So that's one thing. Mm. Um, another thing, again, sounds kind of ridiculously simple, but not everywhere uses normalization yet. The two that spring to mind uh, would be SoundCloud and Beatport. I say yet because I think it's pretty much inevitable that if these platforms survive, they will eventually add loudness normalization. Certainly we've spoken to people at these places who say that it's on their radar and it's something they're considering. But if you have a platform where there is no loudness normalization, then the guidelines we're giving are not going to work for you. The loudness war is still in in full effect there. Another simple one, I mean, we've kind of hinted at it already, is one of the big complicating things is just that we have all these different platforms and they've all implemented it themselves in slightly different ways. And probably the simplest way in which they're different is just that different platforms have different reference levels. Reference level is the level that they decide to play stuff back. So if they measure your song at a certain loudness and decide that it's too loud, they will turn it down until it sits on the reference level. Um, And that's their main method of keeping everything consistent. Those values are slightly different between each of the different services. Uh, And then the final one, again, kind of sounds fairly obvious, but all of this stuff, you know, I mean, we said algorithm about 10 times already. Um, They are computers that are making these decisions. And while they're pretty good, especially the LUFS system, the loudness units system, which was developed for broadcast and which is used by Tidal, but not the others, uh, usually I'm very happy with the decisions that makes about how loud things are, but uh, not so much of the others. I mean, probably the, I would say the least uh, successful in my opinion is iTunes. Uh, The sound check system in iTunes uh, is kind of weird. So so I don't know whether you found this, but quite often the quieter stuff will end up sounding a little bit louder than the really loud stuff when you turn sound check on. Have you come across that? I'm pretty sure I've got mine turned off. I listen... (laughs) But I, I'm weird, you know, I, I listen to albums, you know, straight through. So 
Um, I'm, I'm not listening to the their playlists or in shuffle. Well, see, that's an interesting point as well, actually, because iTunes has an album mode. In fact, let me think about it. Title, iTunes, and Spotify all should play the songs with their... Although the overall level of the album might be adjusted, uh, the level in between the songs on the album shouldn't be tweaked because that's a kind of a big objection to yeah. um, normalization. And we we did a, a show where we we definitely talked, talked about, that. about that. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, and we'll probably touch on that again a little bit in a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the show with Elko Grimm on it. Uh, I think called the problem with loudness normalization. We'll put a link to that in the show notes at themasteringshow.com if anyone hasn't heard that and wants to check it out. Uh, it was a really interview, interesting interview, actually, as as well as kind of getting right into that topic. So those are kind of ways in which, I guess, um, normalization, even when it's working as well as it can work in the current situation, is still kind of a bit confusing and a bit frustrating. I think the thing that catches people out the most uh, that I hear about is when they are testing. So they've they've followed. Uh, you know, the suggestions for getting a great balance of loudness and dynamics. Uh, the the numbers seem to look good to them. The music sounds good. And then they preview it uh, on Spotify in particular and discover that actually either their song sounds way too loud or one of their reference songs that they're interested in sounds much louder than their music. Uh, and yeah, they, they kind of get in touch and say, well, this just isn't working. Um, has that happened to you, John? I've seen that discussion on the... Uh, on Facebook. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it probably, I don't know about every week, but regularly this kind of people message me to ask me about this. And the answer is almost always that there was a preference um, in Spotify that they didn't know about. Um, basically what happens is that if you have an audio file on your computer somewhere, it could be uh, pretty much anywhere that the computer knows that it exists, but the, the classic place would be in the iTunes library. Spotify will play the song from there instead of streaming it, um, which I guess is to save bandwidth and kind of makes sense um, mm-hmm. as well. If maybe you've collected a particular remaster or original master of an album that you like, as opposed to some other version, um, it will play your files. But unfortunately, those files aren't normalized, um, I guess, because the the way that it works is that there is uh, metadata included in the song. So when you choose to stream a song, one of the bits of the information that gets sent to you over the internet is how loud it should be played back in Spotify's opinion. Um, and the files on your hard drive don't have that. So if your song is also in your iTunes library, or if the one of your reference songs is in your iTunes library or somewhere else that Spotify can find it, it won't get normalized. And that can be really confusing. Um, and that, you know, that even applies. I've had um, professional mastering engineers who didn't realize that. Um, and really, I mean, I said just before we started, John, that that's one of the things that made me think we should do this episode is to just kind of make people aware of this. Um, mm-hmm. The good news is you can go into the preferences and disable it. Right now, if you go to Spotify preferences, scroll down, it's just there. The, they have an advanced preferences menu, but it's not hidden away. And there's just a section called local files. And it says show songs from iTunes, downloads, and my music. And I have all of those disabled. Um, that will get rid of this issue, but it does mean you will always be listening to the version of the song that's on Spotify uh, rather than one that is on your local hard drive. So you you, know, you might want to re-enable that sometimes. So no lossless. Correct. Okay. It's it's always yes. If you had the if you had 
kind of uh, yeah Apple lossless or FLAC files or whatever somewhere on your computer or WAVs or AIFFs, um, those are not going to get played. Um, so, I mean, depending on your point of view, you could say that's a, that's a good or a bad feature, but it certainly catches people out. It's definitely one to be aware of. The next point uh, relates more to YouTube, and it kind of is almost similar to the issue you raised earlier on, John, which is that you can just have files that have been uploaded at the wrong level. Um, and there's there's kind of two different aspects to that. The simplest one, uh, let me think of an example. Oh, the latest Gorillaz single. I got a I got an email um, saying, oh, the new video is out. So I clicked through to YouTube um, and the video was playing. And I'm these days I'm kind of just in the habit of checking the normalization level of things when they're on YouTube because it's so easy. If anybody doesn't know, you need the stats for nerds function. Uh, you just right click on the video that's playing. Uh, you'll get a little menu that pops up. You can choose stats for nerds from there. And uh, the normalization details are one of the items on the, the list there. Uh, and I saw that this song was actually below the YouTube reference level. It was not only was it not being turned down, but it was actually, in YouTube's opinion, a little bit quiet. Uh, and I got slightly excited because I thought, hey, maybe they've done a, a great dynamic version for YouTube because I had already checked out the album and it sounds fine, but it's a bit squashed. Uh, and no, what had happened was they had taken exactly the same master that had been used for the CD and for iTunes and everywhere else, but they had turned it down prior to uploading to YouTube, which means that actually they lost out on a couple of potential dBs of playback level they could have had there. If they had uploaded it at its original loudness, YouTube would have turned it down and it would have ended up a couple of dBs louder uh, than it actually is. A kind of an even more extreme example of that is when people upload stuff that has been used for broadcast. So the broadcast standard is minus 23 LUFS, loudness units full scale, whereas YouTube's reference level um, is roughly, they don't measure it in LUFS, but it's around about the minus 12, minus 13 mark. So if you upload something straight from a broadcast master, which people do sometimes, it will be about 10 dBs quieter than anything else on YouTube. And that is really noticeable. Very noticeable. You, you see that a lot. If you scroll through like the trending tab, there's any of the the news stuff is often quieter. If it's if or um, the late night shows are often um, quieter because they upload at the broadcast level, right? Or at least they used to be. I, I haven't checked recently, but I've noticed that there's big. The biggest difference in volume is is often on the trending tab, um, but any you know any of the channels that you follow most likely are. Are all going to be around the same level. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, stuff that just gets up uploaded directly with no further post processing. Um, yeah, and and absolutely, ten dBs is is a really noticeable difference. But you do sometimes see it for for music videos and things as well. So that's kind of example one of when I say files have been uploaded at the wrong level, um, which is just kind of significantly. Usually, well, yeah, always significantly too quiet. If it was significantly too loud, YouTube would notice and turn it down. Um, but the other thing is, and we've talked about this before. In fact, I think we did a whole episode on it, so we won't go into huge detail. Um, but some people are using the the playback reference levels of the different streaming services uh, as targets when they're mastering. So if you take a kind of really clear example, Tidal, uh, use LUFS to measure the loudness and their 
reference level is minus 14 LUFS for the loudest song on an album. So you know that if you master your song louder than minus 14, it will get turned down until it's only minus 14 LUFS. And that's a fairly conservative level for music mastering, I would say. Well, the thing is, I mean, it is depending on the material. I mean, for, for, say, a heavy rock tune, it definitely is. Um, You know, even some of the classic rock uh, from the original masters that everybody knows and loves could be kind of minus 12, minus 11, maybe even minus 10 LUFS sometimes. Um, However, it's not that conservative for something that's more dynamic. And this kind of gets to the root of the, of the issue. If you have an acoustic ballad, then it doesn't make any sense to master that to minus 14 LUFS. If you're also mastering a heavy rock track to minus 14 LUFS, they're musically different so they should have different loudness values. And I see lots of people taking the reference levels that they've heard about. I mean, the, the minus 14 kind of, minus 14 is roughly in the middle. of It's kind of, kind of a good average across all of the different services. And you hear people mention it a lot. And it is a useful rule of thumb to know that if you're kind of in that ballpark, then, you know, on most of the services, your music's not going to be affected that drastically. Um, that doesn't mean you should master your music to be minus 14. If it's, uh, you know, EDM or black metal or whatever, um, then it probably will benefit from sounding louder and you're welcome to to master it louder. The streaming services will then turn it down for you. I think that's the disconnect. People think, oh, these are targets that I have to hit. And that's not the point. They're, they're just kind of for information only, really. It's just to to let you know so that you have an idea of what is going to happen and can make sure that you're happy with the results when it does. I think a lot of people do confuse that. They, they see that title will normalize anything that's above minus 14 LUFS, and they think that that is the number that they shouldn't go over when they're doing the mastering, which if you consider the musical content, that's either too high or too low. Really depends on the song, what, con- what songs are before and after it. Mm-hmm. So... The number gets thrown around a lot. We did an episode on this already, but I think still just the more times we can say it, the better, because it's that number is not the number that you're going for. Yeah, and I mean, I understand why people... Uh, I mean, you know, I helped make the, the loudest penalty website with um, meter plugs, and if you go there, uh, you can drop a, an audio file onto it, uh, loudnesspenalty.com, and it will tell you how much the song is going to be turned down, if it's going to be turned down, by all of the streaming services. You know, it seems to make sense to go, oh, well, if it's going to be turned down by 2 dBs, then I mastered it 2 dBs too loud. It, that that kind of makes logical sense, but that's not the way that we intend you to use it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing for it to turn it down. No, it won't yeah. necessarily do any harm. It's just kind of not necessary. It's if you know that the streaming services, the the, the uh, processing that the streaming services apply is just a simple volume control, um, yeah. and it's uh, all done in the browser. And these days, it's done thirty-two bit floating point, so it's extremely high quality. It's not going to do any harm to your music. It's not going to add extra. You people hear, see people saying, "Oh, it's going to add extra compression and limiting." No, it doesn't change the dynamics. It's a flat gain chain. It's no different than. Uh, the end user turning the volume up and down themselves. Uh, you know, if 
on a platform that doesn't have normalization, if something comes on that you feel is too loud, you have to turn it down yourself. Um, there's no difference between you doing that and the streaming platform doing it for you, except that you might have a slightly different opinion of how loud or how quiet something should be than, than their algorithm does. Um, and you're absolutely right. There's no compression or limiting at all on any of these services, except if you have a quiet song that has been turned up by Spotify. They do have a limiter in there to stop clipping. But actually, like you say, because they also have a, a reference level of roughly minus 14, um, which is reasonably conservative, most stuff is louder than that and will get turned down. So there's no extra limiting. Um, and even the quieter stuff that gets turned up probably won't get turned up that much. Um, and because it was more dynamic to begin with, it's a lot easier for that limiter to do what it does transparently. Um, it's not the best limiter in the world, but because it doesn't have to do very much and do its thing very often, um, I don't think it's really the end of the world. So, um, yeah, those are the two situations where people... I, I almost hesitate to use the word wrong, because if you want to upload your music quietly, then you can do. And if you want to use the reference level of a streaming platform as a target, you can. Uh, it's just, I guess, maybe they're not optimal, or uh, there's maybe some some a bit of misunderstanding there about exactly how... The, the levels that you upload at are going to affect what you do. So that brings us on to another way in which the streaming services are different from each other. We've mentioned the fact that they have different reference levels. Um, so just for an example, you know, um, iTunes or Apple Music with Soundcheck enabled is the quietest of the services currently. Actually, that's not strictly true. Pandora has an even lower reference level. It's just that they also have a volume control slider so you can crank it up if you want to. Yeah, they all have slightly different reference levels. They also measure loudness in different ways. Um, I had a discussion online somewhere with somebody just recently who, who really didn't understand this uh, in the sense that they were like, well, if you're going to do loudness normalization, why would you not use the internationally recognized standard of loudness units, LUFS? And I actually agree with that. If I was going to set up a loudness normalization uh, system these days, I would use LUFS. One of the reasons not everybody uses it is it wasn't around when it was first implemented. I first wrote about Spotify using loudness normalization, I think back in 2009, 2010. LUFS certainly wasn't widely known at that point, um, even if it was, it was probably in development by that point. So for practical reasons... Um, in Apple's case, they've had Soundcheck a lot longer as well, and I think they felt at the time that their system was better. They all use slightly different measurements for deciding how loud they think something is. The reason that that's kind of a problem um, is it means that it's very hard to optimize it for all of the services. So just to use a recent example, uh, somebody sent me a song that they had tested using Loudness Penalty, the website, which had said that the replay volume wasn't going to be changed at all on Tidal. So it was, I think it was slightly below minus 14. It was maybe half a dB below minus 14. So Tidal doesn't turn things up either. So the song would get played back at its original level. Whereas Spotify, which if you if you measure Spotify and Tidal, overall they have very similar reference levels of around about minus 14 LUFS. But in this case, Spotify decided that the song was 3 dBs louder and was going to turn it down by 3 dBs. So there you have this awkward situation where that song would probably work fine on Tidal if the aim was to get it to play back good and loud. 
But on Spotify, it had a much bigger loudness penalty applied to it. And that's down to the different method that Spotify uses. So Tidal uses LUFS, Spotify uses replay gain. And it can be very tricky to figure out or to predict in advance how that's going to work or why it's happening. In this case, I think it was because the song had a fairly short, but um, kind of not really short, loud section. So overall, the level wasn't that high, but it had this one section of uh, that was much louder than the rest. Spotify decided that that loud section was important and that it should therefore turn the whole song down because of it. Whereas Tidal, which uses LUFS, uh, has a different gating algorithm is the technical term for it. LUFS will let you have a longer, louder section without penalising you as heavily in terms of the, the the replay volume. So yeah, this song was played back at its original level on Tidal, but 3dB is quieter on Spotify. The other way that this can happen is if there are different EQ curves for each of the platforms. So some of them think that bass is more important to our perception of loudness. Some of them think that mid-range is more important to our perception of loudness. Uh, and again, those you can therefore have a song where the EQ curve is such that it causes a different decision by one of the different streaming services about how loud things should be. And this is one of the main reasons that we created, in fact, the loudness penalty site, because I'd been talking for ages about the the kind of the general guidelines. We can measure the loudness of these services in LUFS in order to get an idea of where things are going to be, but that's not a completely accurate way of predicting the normalization level. And I guess that could almost be a point in itself in this show, which is just that there aren't any rules of thumb. Uh, if you want to know for certain, you have to you you have, either have to upload to the streaming service and test yourself to see how loud it's going to be, or you have to use a site like Loudness Penalty. In fact, there aren't any of the other sites like Loudness Penalty at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's the only one. Yeah, but but even uploading to the to those services isn't practical because you need this, the album released before it it's there. As far as I know, there's you can't get onto all these platforms privately, anyways. You you can yeah. upload privately to YouTube. I actually don't know what the process for getting stuff onto Tidal. I mean, the usual route for everybody is to go through an aggregator, right? So you go through yeah. DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby or whoever it is, and they will upload it for you to all of these different streaming sites. Um, I do know people who have kind of tested and tweaked things on Spotify. So that must be, it's certainly possible as an artist uh, to, to, to do that. But you are doing your testing kind of in the wild, if you like. And I guess, you know, uh -huh. unless you have an absolutely rabid fan base, um, probably most people could get away with that because most people don't realise that there's some new music until you tell them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not ideal by any means. And that's a major challenge because I was trying to think how to advise the the person who sent me this song with these two different, because 3 dBs is a big difference. You know, I mean, it's not like 10 dBs if you'd uploaded way too quiet to YouTube, but m most people will hear a difference of, of a dB or more. Uh, and I think anybody would notice, even if they didn't kind of go immediately, oh, that one's louder than the other one, they would notice a difference in the sound. Uh -huh. um, so if it's important to you for your stuff to be playback loud, that's going to be significant. And really the only thing that you could do currently would be to reduce the amount of contrast between that loud section and the rest of the song. The catch with that is, is it loudness the way that you, because obviously they mixed and mastered it so that it sounded good to them. And then the algorithm was like, oh no, I think it's louder than you do. Um, 
effectively. It's one of those mm-hmm. cases where, you know, we're, the, the algorithms aren't perfect yet. Um, so, yeah, if somebody wanted to achieve a higher replay level on Spotify for that song, they would, I guess, have to turn the loud section down. I mean, you could turn the whole song down, but then you want to increase the level of everything else um, to, to keep the overall level good and consistent. Now, that might be possible. I mean, it's an interesting... I've often talked about the idea of the loudness sweet spot, and I do think, although I often talk about dynamics, you can definitely have something that's too dynamic. But I have to say, having listened to this example, I didn't. it didn't kind of jump out at me as being one of those cases where the artist or the engineers had, had gone over the top in terms of the dynamics they were going for. Um, it, it's just that it had this short loud section. So, the, you know, again... I can understand that people are frustrated by things like that. And it's another situation where I feel like loudness units are generally the best system we currently have. Still not perfect, but one of the best. Have you ever noticed any differences like that? This hasn't happened to me, but I've definitely seen it being discussed uh, online. Um, I mean, even just thinking about how these algorithms would need to work to, to make this the best is like, it would have to analyze every single song at, and you know you're going to have these contrast changes throughout a song that can throw off the overall like the integrated loudness level if they're looking at the entire loudness average of the entire song then you're going to have a different number than if you take like i don't know 3 seconds at a time and average those um and then what if you know what if there's just too much bass or what if the peak levels would prevent would go over if you normalized it up to a certain level there's there's all these things to consider yeah i mean basically what we're saying is that measuring loudness is is difficult um and and that's kind of something that we knew i mean that in some ways that's why mastering engineers exist <laughs> if there was you know um is the only way to make this perfect would well, I'm perfect but better would be to have human engineers i guess mastering engineers ideally assessing the loudness of things as they went up and, and assigning normalization values by hand um you know that would allow them to kind of make allowances for artistic decisions and um kind of you know where somebody has done something creative with the loudness that might fool an algorithm or whether but even even if you did that humans have different opinions they have different reactions to things you know all of this stuff is subjective to some degree. Um, so, you know, I mean, the, the meters, you know, they'll be testing them using test tones and pink noise and a wide variety of musical s- samples. And overall, they do a pretty good job. You know, something that I see is that people, one of the things we're talking about on this show will happen to somebody and they'll just decide that normalization is a terrible idea because it didn't work in their one particular instance. And I, I mean, I understand that. It's frustrating when something that is supposed to be good for the music doesn't work the way that you expect it but it it probably works on i'd say at least 80 or 90 percent of the stuff that i come across um even even on spotify which i don't think is quite as good as tidal for example sticking with those two examples well there, there was an example of someone i was helping out with uh, mastering the other day um, i wasn't doing the mastering i was kind of consulting as they thrashed at their computer (laughs) trying to get it released (laughs) the next day and uh i would hear their their thing i would look at it on the meters and say okay you could probably push this to db more they do that and it comes up to like half a db louder in the end like when the next they're pushing (laughs) into the into the processing 
Yeah, I guess. So, you know, it, sometimes, and, and I would send him to, um, to wildness penalty and, and just, he would just get very confused. So <laughs> I, th- this, this is the thing. I mean, you could, uh, we could probably have summarized this entire show really quickly at the beginning by saying it's confusing and complicated. Um, and I do think hopefully it will improve over time. Uh, but I mean, this is the other thing is I feel like we're in a transition phase. You know, this is, this is a new thing. It's, it's only been really mainstream. I mean, YouTube, whenever they did it, it was only three or four years ago. It's, it's, it's all, I don't know about bleeding edge, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fresh. Um, and, and there are challenges that people are figuring out. Um, and I mean, just with the YouTube example, Google are pretty famous for putting things out and then, uh, improving them. And if they, and then don't work, then, then they'll bin. Yes, they'll bin it. Um, so I wouldn't <laughs> they, be surprised. They just, for, they just abandoned their their replacement for Gmail. Like really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, inbox is dead. Well, they had a thing called Google Wave, didn't they? And I mean, yeah, there's there's a whole host of things that that they that they've done and then just ditched. I don't think they're going to ditch loudness normalization as an idea, but it no. wouldn't surprise me if they just suddenly flicked a switch one day and. Everything was, for example, suddenly using LUFS, but you can pretty much guarantee that if they do that, everything that's been normalized so far won't immediately be updated. So then we'll have a situation where YouTube will have two different loudness standards <laughs> in effect. It, it can't be very much different. It, no. It would be maybe one dB or so because it's, they're already at it, what I think is a very comfortable level. Well, it's 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 interesting. I mean, you say that, but I mean that example between Spotify and and Tidal. I was surprised that it was that big of a difference. Mm. Um, you know that that whole three dB. So I mean, these are this is the thing. That's it's going to be the edge case for most. Yeah. You're absolutely right. For most of them, um, it's possible to get. You know, you can test it using loudness penalty, and you can see that. Bearing in mind that there are slightly different levels between the services, it's pretty consistent. Um, plus or minus a dB or two here or there. It's all going to improve. He says optimistically, um, yeah. but, but it might get worse before it gets better. Um, I, I think in general, stop trying to fight it. Stop trying to fight the normalization to get loudest penalty results to, to be where it's not touching anything, but it's the maximum volume. It's not going to sound drastically worse or anything by having slightly lower playback level. I, th- I think looking at those as targets is probably the biggest problem that people mastering their own music are running into right now. Um, and, you know, it, we're, we're not paid by uh, big normalization to say this stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> we're in the pocket of big normalization. Of course, we'd say just to, you know, oh, trust If only somebody was paying us to say this stuff, <laughs> that would be fantastic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's, no, that, that's really good advice. That's a, that's a, a very good point. Uh, I mean, the loudest penalty site is there for information only. It's like if yeah. you drag a file on there and it's showing that it's being turned down by 6 dBs on YouTube, if you're me, I kind of think, well, I want to do the experiment and see how that would sound if I yeah. just backed off all of the processing and hear it. But if you're happy with the way that that sounds and it's being turned down by 6 dBs, fine. Who cares? You know, um, and, the, and especially since we added the preview function, that's that's the way that I would like people to use the site is to drag their file on, click preview, and then open YouTube in another tab in the browser or bring up the title player or whatever it is that they're comparing with and and make that comparison and see how does it sound, right? Because who cares if it's been turned down by 60 dBs? If it sounds good when that's been done to it, then you're fine. 
um, or if it hasn't been turned down at all, or if Spotify has turned it up by two dBs or whatever, whatever it might be, it's kind of, okay, this is interesting. This is what's happening. Now, how does it sound? Not kind of get hung up on the numbers. I mean, it's kind of ironic having created a website and a ton of plugins that, that give us all numbers for measuring this stuff. But it's like any meter or any tool we have to give us feedback on the music. At the end of the day, it's just, it kind of gives you clues. It gives you suggestions. It gives you values that you have to learn to interpret. And uh, I think that should probably, we're not quite at the end of the the list yet, but that's probably got to be the mastering maxim for, for this show, which is just, you know, at the end of the day, all of this is very interesting, but the question is, how does it sound? I mean, you mentioned that people probably won't notice. I think that's absolutely right as well. Uh, research shows that a difference of about three dBs will be noticed by the majority of listeners, but it, less than that, most people don't even register that there's much of a difference or care. Um, I mean, a couple of times I've even heard one of those songs that was like five, six, seven dBs quieter in a playlist on YouTube and not really thought about it, you know, just because you're just enjoying the music. At the end of the day, it's all about hooks and arrangements and melodies and performance, not just we kind of all get obsessed by the the whole loudness topic because people keep talking about it incessantly on podcasts and writing blog posts on it. <laughs> but, you know, it is, it's just about the music. So, uh, so just tidying up the details, I guess the final thing here was, is kind of another way in which the different platforms are different or apply different rules to this stuff. Um, and the best example of that is Tidal. Uh, again, we won't go into huge detail because we did do a whole episode on this with Elko Grimm talking about it. Uh, m- most streaming services have either track normalization, where every track is adjusted to the reference level, or is certainly turned down to the reference level if it's too loud. Some of them have an album mode that recognizes if you're playing multiple songs from the same album and keeps the relative levels between those songs as they were intended, so that a quiet song will still sound quiet. Tidal does that all the time, even when you listen in shuffle mode. So if you upload, maybe not even an album, if it's just a group of songs, say you upload an EP of three or four songs, Tidal will measure the loudness of all of them, it will find the loudest song, and it will turn all of them down by the same amount so that that loudest song is at minus 14. Again, that's another way in which you might get a a result that you weren't expecting. And actually, that reminds me, somebody else was confused by the fact that they didn't realise there was an album mode on Spotify. So they had uploaded a group of songs and they expected them all to be playing at the same level. But because they were uploaded as a group and listed as a, a kind of an EP, the individual differences in loudness between the songs was retained because, well, that's an artistic decision. And that was another way in which the, the the person testing it was kind of thinking, oh, it's not working. It was working. It was just working in a different way than they anticipated. So that's another example. Tidal is the is going to do that all the time, which could confuse people. Yeah. If we're not fighting this, it does kind of make things easier for us. We don't have to worry about uploading it as loud as possible. You know, we can, um, or or even competing with other artists or mastering engineers or whoever you want to uh, compete with. You don't have to to, uh, beat the reference mix because everything's going to be played back at very close to the same level. Yeah, it's relax and enjoy the normalization. (laughs) Um, I mean, it it sounds sounds flippant, but that is literally true. I mean, it's because the interesting thing is, um, you know, 
making quite an effort to try and help people with this stuff um, because so many people, you know, it's a challenge that they are aware of. I don't worry about this stuff at all myself when I'm mastering. I have loudness meters and I use dynameter to get what I think is the right musical balance of loudness and dynamics. And I just know that when that stuff gets uploaded, I'm going to see values that I'm comfortable with. You know, the loudest yeah. songs that I do probably get turned down by a couple of dBs on YouTube and a little bit more on some of the other streaming services. Um, the quieter songs on those albums still sound quieter, even when they're uploaded, because they're not getting turned up. Um, so they work musically or it's played back in album mode so that it works. I mean, maybe that should be the mastering maxim for this episode is that this is good news, even though we've just spent over half an hour talking about all of the, the problems or the the ways in which this can be confusing and annoying and irritating and not work the way that you expect it. As a whole, it's good news because it just means you can do what's best for the music. You can make it sound great and not have to worry about somebody else's music seeming to be better than yours just because it's mastered that much louder. You know, that's yeah. that's what we want is to, to do what's best for the music, um, you know, do what's best for the emotion, to make people dance because that's the point of the music. Once you kind of have figured out where that sweet spot is, however you want to do it, you can pretty much set it and forget it. You know, you can just do what's artistically right for the material you're working on. And that's, that's great news. Yeah. I used to try to get, you know, that, that last quarter DB of gain on the masters and just, they don't hold up a week later. It sounds harsh or you've made it sound thin to get a little bit more headroom and, but everything I've done recently is just, you know, it, it it's comfortable to listen to it. I don't, I don't feel like I have to make compromises to the sound to get the level that it sounds good at. Exactly. It certainly got a lot uh, easier. Yeah. Well, I mean, and somebody asked me just today what I thought of the, <clears throat> the sound of the new Paul McCartney album. Um, and the answer is it's really loud. It's really dense. Um, you know, the loudest bits of it are really squashed and quite distorted. Having said that... The good news is it's not one... I mean, there are some albums that have been cranked in terms of loudness that I find it hard to listen to because it just annoys me. It just sets my teeth on edge. You know, I'm kind of, oh, why did it stop that? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And in this case, that wasn't really... I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the the overall sound of it uh, in terms of the loudness and the dynamics, but I still was able to enjoy it uh, musically listening to it. However, I had it playing in the background while I was doing some admin so that I could measure uh, the overall, kind of get the sort of the the graph of the loudness and to run it through Dynameter just in case people were interested and did, took a screenshot of it. And by the end, it was annoying me. It, I was just, you know, I was tired by it. I was worn out by it. And this is one of the things is what initially might seem exciting ends up being annoying and fatiguing. Um, and yeah, the, the great news is we don't have to do it anymore depending on your point of view, maybe you never did. But if you've been feeling that pressure, oh, I need to just do this because everybody expects everything to be loud, you know, things are changing. And it's a, it's one of my favourite statistics at the moment. Um, only 17% of US music industry revenue in 2017 came from physical media. So that's, that's CDs and vinyl there is only accounting for 17% of the money. And that was last year. You know, that trend, it's been decreasing every year. People, everything is becoming file-based and everything eventually is going to be normalised. So this 
this I think this is the most important way to consider how your music is going to be heard by the listeners. You know, it's even more important than what codec was used to encode it or anything else. It's like if it's using normalization, then you can relax about the the loudness and just do what works best for the music. So it's good news in the end. Absolutely. Excellent. So I hope uh, if you're listening to this and you've been annoyed by normalization, this hasn't just made you even more angry. I could imagine people kind of, you know, shouting at their earbuds going, exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Hopefully this kind of helps you understand some of the, some of the bumps in the road that you might come across uh, with loudness normalization. Um, If you found this helpful or useful, please share it. Uh, Please tell people about it. It's a great way to get the word out about the show. Um, Head over to iTunes and leave us a rating or review. If you haven't taken a look at loudnesspenalty.com yet, of course, I recommend it, but I genuinely think it's, it's, it's a seriously useful resource and it's completely free and your music will not be uploaded. All of the calculations take place in your computer, so it's completely secure or as secure as your computer was in the first place. John, thank you for helping me navigate through all of the details there and for mixing the show as always. Yep, another fun episode. And thanks for listening. <laughs>